That's exciting. We'll be talking about it, obviously, a lot more over the next few weeks and months, actually. We'll be talking about it all summer long. So, Well, let's jump in. We're, we're doing a, a new series starting today called Trust Me. Trust Me. I've been uh, thinking about this series for a long time. I mean, this is one of those... And by the way, the way I prepare message series is I always ask the same question. Every time I, I begin to pray about and think about what God wants us to talk about, and I'm asking this, Lord, what's in the way? What's in the way of us becoming fully devoted followers of Christ? And one of the things I'm realizing that's in the way is our trust level is kind of minimal a lot of times. Our trust level with God. We, we're not really trusting God for great things, big things, simple things, everyday things. We're not trusting him to really transform who we are and where we're at in life. And so this whole series is about us trusting God and, and beginning to move in a new walk or faith about what God is doing in our lives. So so just want to jump in. Uh, so here's the introduction to the series. The spiritual journey that God the spiritual journey God is inviting us on is a journey of trust. It's a journey of trust. And from the beginning, God has been inviting every person on the planet to trust him. So in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, the one thing that God was asking Adam and Eve was simply this, trust me, trust me. He said, hey, don't, you know, don't eat of that tree, do eat of this tree, just trust me. And so trust has always been the foundation of a relationship with God. It has been since the beginning, and it still is today, this idea of trusting him. The question is, what does it look like if I really trust God? What does it look like? What's it look like if my life is really based on a true, actual, real trust in who God is and what he's wanting to do in my life? What what does it take to step towards God and truly trust him? And so we're going to look at Abraham and Abram, you know, and by the way, Somebody asked me, why was it Abram and then Abraham? We'll talk about it. He, came, he became a ham later. All right? That'll be a few weeks in. We'll talk about why he became a ham. All right? Uh, but uh, today, here's our key text. Genesis 15, 6. Abraham put his trust in the Lord. He put his trust, his, his, his livelihood, who he was in the Lord. And because of this, the Lord was pleased with him and accepted him. And so this idea that trust and acceptance and relationship with God are connected. You can't separate the two things. They're, they're intertwined. They're just, that's how it is. And so then you ask the question, well, what is trust? What does that mean? You know, some versions says Abraham believed, and that's part of it. You know, the word trust actually means to believe in or to have reliance on or to be faithful to or to put your confidence in. You know, a lot of times I've heard people illustrate trust as a chair. You know, you're going to sit on the chair. You trust the ability of the chair to hold you up, the weight of who you are. It's trust. I rely on something. I trust in it. And so the journey we're on is not a journey of good behavior or earning something from God. Instead, it's a journey of trust. It's not about me trying to act a certain way. It's about me trusting a certain way in who God is and what he wants to do. And so when God says, trust me, he's saying, we're going on a journey of faith. And as long as you trust me, rely in me, remain in me, remain faithful to me, you will end up in a great place. And so if you're looking at your life today going, well, I wonder if I can ever become what God wants me to become. Or I can, can I ever get to the place in my family or, or who I am as a person? The answer is yes, and it is going to be through trust. That's where it's going to come. It's because I trust him. God's going to make this thing happen in some way, some shape, some form. God is going to do that. 
And so we need to realize what that is. But here's the reality. The reality is many of us struggle to completely trust God. Right? I mean, that's the reality. The reality is, is most of us, if we just kind of peel it all back and get really serious about who we are and where we're at in life, is trust is not always there. We might have an idea of trust. We might even entertain it at times. But the reality of just this intense, I trust you, God, with everything I am, uh, I don't know. And so many of us struggle to completely trust God. And we have our list of reservations and reasons. I'm sure if we could have conversations today, and I'd say, well, why don't you trust God completely? You might go back in time and find this one moment where God disappointed you. Or maybe you've got this theological idea, or maybe whatever it might be. But we all have these reservations and reasons why we don't trust God fully or completely. And so we've got to wrestle with that. And so, but the life of God that he has for us is found in trusting him completely. So why do we struggle to trust? Why, why do we struggle to trust? I think just to answer this real quickly will help us today. And I just wrote three of them. I'm sure there's a lot more. But here's the first one is we're often driven more by fear than by faith. In other words, a lot of us, we fear, we just have worry and anxiety about everything instead of trust, which is actually that faith part of it that God wants us to have. How many of you would just be honest and say every once in a while I struggle with worry? Yeah, see? I mean, it's... It's just part of us. And so that right there, that one thought as I'm worrying about things, I'm anxious about things, I'm concerned about things that are outside of my control and maybe need to be in God's control fully is why I don't trust. It's just one of those things. Jesus actually said this phrase a lot. He said, don't, uh, he said do not let your hearts be troubled or do not fear. And then in the verse that is in your text there, in your notes, it says, John 14, 1, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. It's almost like the antidote to fear is trust. That, that if I've got this fear thing going on, that somehow I need to come to that place where it's just, Lord, I trust you. I, I, I'm afraid. I, I get it. I, I acknowledge it. I, I'm anxious. I'm worryful. But I trust you. And so it becomes the answer. But that's really a lot of times why we struggle. It's because we're just afraid. Here's the second one. Is that we can't always see God moving. Can't always see God moving. You know, it would be nice if every time God did something, he would like leave a stamp, wouldn't it? You know, like, you know, you get up in the morning and all of a sudden there's like this big stamp on the wall. Wow, God did something. It happened, you know. That'd be cool. It's kind of like in my, in my world, you know, when you have... To dig a hole in your yard, you know how it goes? You call the locator people, right? And you come out, how do you know that the locator people were there? They put a little flag in the ground or they paint the, paint the grass, right? There's a, there's a sign. And so, but see, God doesn't always leave signs. There isn't always this, this moment where we, we find out that God left this stamp or he did all these things. And many times he does and he's there and we can see that. But it's kind of like Billy Graham said. He said it's kind of more like the wind and it's hard to see the wind. But you can see the effects of it sometimes. But see, some of us, we struggle to trust because we just can't see God leaving the little flags in life. And so we're wondering, is he really doing anything? And so we struggle to trust. Here, and here, I think, is the big one. It's because we doubt his ability to make it happen. We just doubt his ability to make it happen. And usually when we doubt his ability to make it happen, it's because we have been disappointed in a big way. Right? 
It didn't plan, play out the way I wanted it to play out. It didn't, it didn't seem to happen in life the way I thought it should have happened. Because of that, I don't know if I can trust in his ability. A lot of times that happens when we lose a loved one, doesn't it? Lord, why didn't you do that? Lord, why didn't you heal them? Why, why didn't you make this right? Why, why didn't you, Lord, why would you allow that to happen? And, and somehow we get all this caught up in this idea that God isn't able to make it happen, and he won't or he didn't. And see, the truth is, is God is supernatural, and he's an eternal being, but we tend to view him as an inactive, unavailable, or unable being. And so those two things collide together, and all of a sudden we've got this idea that trust isn't happening because I, in my heart, question the ability of God to do what God says he's going to do. And the reality is, is many times it doesn't look like he's doing what I think he should do. And so we've got to wrestle with that. And see, we think then we have to make it happen in our own power. So all of a sudden, our trust goes from, Lord, I don't think you can make it happen, so now I have to try to make it happen, and I'm going to engage myself, and I'm going to be the ability. I'm going to be the one that performs. I'm going to be the one that pushes over the edge. I'm going to be the one that climbs the mountain. I'm going to do this. And really what we've done is we've pushed trust aside and my own ability to the forefront. And we wrestle with that one as well. Or we misinterpret things in life that have happened and conclude that God is not able or he's not trustworthy, that he didn't perform like I think he should have, therefore I don't trust him. Now I was thinking about my own personal story. Many of you have heard this story, but it so cuts me I can't get away from it. You know, many of you know that our oldest daughter was killed in a car accident 12 years ago and uh, still, still very real, very, you know, she was 16, you know, middle of the day, car accident, she rolled through a, a, a stoplight, uh, not paying attention, we don't know what she was doing, and got a pickup that wasn't drunk or anything, he hit her, she died. And I know coming out of there, I said, Lord, I don't, I don't trust you. I already struggled with trust because of my upbringing. So, Lord, I don't trust you. Matter of fact, I don't even know if I like you. <laughs> Ever been there? <laughs> Just being honest. I know you're God, I know you're real, I know who you say you are is probably true, but right now in my life, in this moment, I don't trust you. And I remember distancing myself because that's what trust does, or the lack thereof. When you have a lack of trust, it automatically makes you take a step away. <laughs> I don't want to be in the sphere of this person I don't trust, or this God that I don't trust. And that's what I did. I stepped away, and, and I kind of distanced myself for God. I said, God, you stay over there. I'm going to stay over here. We're just going to kind of do our own thing. You stay God. I'm going to stay me. And over time, it got to the point where I realized, man, this is a miserable place to live, like, to live in this untrusting space. And so God started stirring in my heart, and I remember going to a, a prayer time down in Kansas City. I, there's a place where you can go and pray. It's 24 hours, and, and I like going there because I can just focus. And, and I was praying, and I was asking, oh, God, I'm, I don't trust you. And I'm just write, I remember writing out word after word after word, and it was like a psalmist that was crying out, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? Why, why is it? I don't trust you. I mean, just going, 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 going. And then later on, I, I, I met with some people for one-on-one uh, -on -one prayer and they begin to pray and God began to meet me and in the midst of that time I was healed because I trusted and this is what happened to me 
I finally came to the point where almost like a little puppy walking back home, I've been lost, and I just said, Lord, though you slay me, I will trust you. Though you cut me deep, I will trust you. Though you do something deep within me, I will trust you. Now, and here's what happened because of that. Before that time, if you were to ask me if I trusted God, I would say, yeah, I trust God. I trust God. And I would give you the verbal answer. I would let you know, I trust God. I'm, I'm there. I, I trust him. But you know what happened after I went through that difficult time? I trusted God. And all of a sudden, everything else in life had a different perspective, a little different view of what was going on. Because of what? Trust. I trust you. I trust you to make this happen. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't even have a clear idea why and how and all these different things. Lord, I trust you. And it came alive. So we need to question or, or ask ourselves, am I doubting his ability to make it happen? Because trust has to come alive in the midst of that. So, let's jump in. Let's talk about Abram later to become Abraham, all right? We're going to talk about him over the next few weeks. He's one of the greatest stories in the Bible. He's, he's one of those guys that you look at and you can learn, learn so much. He's actually uh, uh, the father of faith is what he's called many times. He's the father of faith. He's the father of trust. So, let's just jump in. It, Romans, it, it begins to describe him this way. Romans chapter 4. We read in the scripture, <clears throat> excuse me, we read in scripture, what we read in scripture is Abraham entered into what God was doing for him. Might want to underline that in your notes. Abraham entered into what God was doing for him. You ever thought about that, that God's actually doing something for you that you might be missing out on? That God's actually accomplishing something that he wants you to be a part of, but because you're not trusting, you're actually missing out on it. It goes, Abraham entered into what God was doing for him, and and that was the turning point. That all of a sudden, trust became this idea that everything else pivoted on this one moment that he just trusted God. It says he trusted God, and he set him right instead of trying to be right in his own. And here's a fill in the blank there in your notes. We are not made right by our own works. If you think somehow you're going to make it happen, that's not how it happens. We're not made right in our own works. We're not talking about earning something from God. We're not talking about trusting God. We're talking about trusting God to make it happen. It's finding our turning point, which is trust. Let's read on. Romans chapter 4, verse 19. It said, Abraham... didn't focus on his own impotence, inability. He didn't focus on his own inability and say, it's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child. And the story is this, is that God calls Abraham, and he's with his wife, Sarah, and he says, hey, I'm going to make you a great nation. But they didn't have any kids. At that stage, they were 75. 25 years later, they still don't have kids. And by that time, I think it's pretty hopeless. I mean, to be 100 years old and God's still saying, hey, you're going to have kids. It's like, okay. Yeah, right. Matter of fact, it says in the story that Sarah laughed at God when he, when he said that to her. And so it goes on. It says, this 100-year-old body could never father a child, nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infer- infertility and give up. I mean, he's kind of like, you get this idea. He kind of looked at Sarah and said, seriously, God? Is this going to happen? 
And then it goes on. It says, he didn't tiptoe around God's promises asking cautiously skeptical questions. Boy, isn't that how a lot of us respond to trusting God? Well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, what about this? What about this? Well, hey, I don't know about that. And he questioned and challenged every little piece and part. He didn't do that. It says he plunged into the promise and came up strong. There was this diving aspect of who Abraham was that said, I'm going for it. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm trusting. And came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he had said. God was going to make it happen. And that's why it is said, Abraham was declared fit before God by trusting God to set him right. But it's not just Abraham, and here's where it gets personal. It's also us. It's not some far-off story that's talking about Abraham. It's the story that's talking about our lives and what it looks like and how we interact with God. That somehow, someway, I'm going to trust him also. I get the same challenge. That's the fill in the blank there. We're all given the same challenge from God. It says, but it's also, it's not just Abraham, but it's also, it's also us. The life, the same thing gets said about us when we embrace and believe the one who brought Jesus to life when the conditions were equally hopeless. The sacrifice Jesus made for us, made us fit for God, set us right with God. And so we're all given that same challenge. So your situation today might look hopeless. Your situation today might look hopeless. You might be looking at your family situation goes hopeless. You might be looking at your job situation and think it's hopeless. You might think whatever it might be, it's just hopeless. Your health situation, it's hopeless. God said, trust me. Trust me. It might not make perfect sense, but God is saying and challenging each of us, trust me, I can make it happen. I can make it happen. So let's go back to the story of Genesis 11 and look at Abraham back there for a little while, all right? Let's begin to explore how Abraham trusted God. And so we're just going to read through it. I know I spent a lot of time at the beginning covering our move, but Genesis chapter 11 actually starts. And by the way, if you would, over the course of this series, read the entire story of Abraham, that would be great because then you're going to come every week kind of having a little bit better understanding of what's going on. Genesis 12 and on to about uh, 20, I think, 21. So here's the beginning of trust, the story of Abraham. Genesis 11, verse 27. It says, this is the account of Terah's family. Terah was Abram's father. One day, Terah took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abraham's Abram's wife, and his grandson Lot, who was a piece of work, by the way, his son Hera's child, he, his, his Lot's dad had passed away. And they moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans, and he was headed for the land of Canaan, but they stopped at Haran and settled there. Now, let me just pause right there. So they were in motion to go somewhere, and they stopped, and they settled. And here's, here's something I want us to see, because this is huge when it comes to understanding trust and trusting God to make things happen. This one phrase describes a lot of our spiritual journeys. See, we started somewhere with God, but we stopped and we settled. We started somewhere, but we stopped. Here's the deal. I don't know how to say this, but a lot of us have settled in our spiritual journey. 
Because we quit trusting. Because we quit moving. You see, God's saying, hey, let's go. Let's, let's do this. They trust me. I can make this happen. Let's, let's keep moving. And so what happens is we stall out or we get stagnant or we settle in and we stop. And that's what happens when trust is not alive. And I think that's a huge challenge for each and every one of us. One of the biggest obstacles to trusting God is avoiding stopping or settling because God is always active, always moving, always wanting us to change, always wanting to bring us to a better place in Him. God's always doing that. So if somehow you've been a Christian or a follower of Christ for 20 years and somehow you got to a place and you settled and you stopped, trust kind of stopped. If you're not in that place where God is continually challenging you and bringing you further and down the journey of faith and trusting in Him, you're going to say, Lord, help me to trust you. So let's, let's read on. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 4 and verses 5 through 9. It says, The Lord had said to Abram, The Lord had said to Abram, I don't know how this happened. I don't know if He said, Abram, you know, I always get that. The Moses moment, you know, Moses, you know, Abram, you know, so it was like that. But the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. Go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. I will be a blessing to others, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. I'm thinking, if I was Abraham, I was trying to put myself in a story, and he's saying this to me, I'd go, yeah, right, that's nice. I don't know if I'd go, yeah, let's go, let's do this. There was something in him that said, yes, I trust you. I think that's what God's calling you and I to. And then it goes on, it says, verse 4, So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed. There's that obedience part of this whole story. Jump down a little bit to verse 9. And headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. And there he set up camp beside the oak of Morah at that time. And the area was inhabited by Canaanites. And by the way, that's just one little simple phrase that said there was a little bit of obstacle that was in this process. There was not always this easy path. Verse 7, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abraham, Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. And after that, Abram traveled south and set up camp in the hill country with, with Bethel to the west and Ai to the east. There he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord. In verse 9, then Abraham continued traveling south by stages toward the Negev. And so here's, here's what I want us to just look at for just a couple moments as I kind of wrap this up. Five steps to get, your moving on, get, get you moving on trust, to get your trust moving. Here's the first one. Trusting is being in a position to listen. Trusting is being in a position to listen. What made Abraham so special? Was he smarter? Was he better? Not necessarily. But I think it was his simple availability before God. It was his simple availability. He says, God, I'm listening. I'm listening. He listened to the voice of the Lord. And many times we struggle to trust because we are listening to the wrong voices. We listen to our internal negative voices. I'm really good at that. 
I listen to the enemies in my own mind, and I don't listen to God. And we listen to those that are without faith, or we're just poor listeners. But the first step to trusting and getting your faith moving again is trusting is being in a position to listen. The second one is this. Trusting is getting your spiritual journey in motion. In motion. See, trusting is making that initial step to get moving again. The word that's in the text is leave. He said, leave this, Abram. Leave it. And in other words, it was that thought, I am going somewhere with God. Somehow, I'm, wherever God's going, that's where I'm going. And for some, the greatest challenge of trusting God is just simply leaving where I'm at right now. Simply leaving. Leaving your old life behind, leaving your old attitudes behind, leaving your questions behind, leaving the familiar, leaving the safe, leaving the secure. It is a willingness to be unsettled. Leave your native country. And when God says, trust me, he is saying, let me be your resting place. Some of us struggle to trust because we are consumed with the nest. And it's understanding that my current location is not my final destination. It's leaving your old identity behind. Leave your relatives and your family. It's leaving. It's in the leaving that I begin to find my true identity in God. Leaving is making a motion in the direction of a new connection with God. Leaving. Third one. Third step. First step, be in a position to listen. Second step is begin that spiritual motion. Third step, trusting is moving without knowing. I will show you, said the Lord. See, trusting is being okay with God letting you know when you get there. I think every day Adam got, Abram got up, and it was the same story. He said, are we there yet? And God would say, no, trust me. And I think that's, for us, the same story. I'll show you when you get there. That's part of the trust. It'd be nice if we knew it, that God somehow gave us a map, but he doesn't always give us a map. He doesn't always tell us exactly how it's all going to work out. He doesn't put all that on the page. He just says, I will tell you when you get there. Trust me. I will show you. Trusting is moving without knowing. Even though it would be nice that God would do do that, sometimes you just have to go in the direction you think God's moving you. Here's the fourth one. Trusting is knowing that God is going ahead of me. See, some of us need to know this very clearly today, that God is somehow going ahead of you. And I know that. That's trusting. God is going ahead of me. God is moving tomorrow when I can't even see tomorrow. God is moving the pieces and the parts of my life when I can't even see him moving the pieces and parts. He's making all that happen. Somehow, some way, God is moving ahead of me. He's ahead of me. And when we really trust the Lord, we know that, that God is going to make things happen. I will make you great. I will bless you. I will protect you. I will curse those that come against you. I mean, God is making things happen ahead of me. And the last one, Trusting is realizing that the journey is full of stages. Trusting is realizing that the journey is full of stages. Look at all the words that are in there. He headed, he departed, he traveled, he set up camp, he built an altar, altar he traveled. Here's the point. You don't get there in a day. You don't get there in a day. It takes a while. It takes 
some stages. It takes some things that I have to go through. There's, there's moments that I've got to walk through. There's experiences that I've got to walk through. That's how trust happens as I walk through those things. I travel. I, I engage. I worship. I do all the different things that happen along this journey called trust. Because I don't get there in a day. You don't get there in one step. It takes several steps. Wouldn't it be nice if it was a one-time deal? Yeah, it would be. But it's not. Notice how worship is part of every stage. And that trusting God is rarely in a straight line. How many of you could say that in your own life? It hasn't been a straight line. (laughs) That's trust. See, sometimes we want it to be just perfect and just go this certain way. But the truth is, is that trusting is all these different stages that I'm committed to and I'm willing to go through, even though they might be dark, even though they might be difficult, even though they might be dry, even though they might be hard, even though they might be full of obstacles or challenges, I'm trusting because I realize that's the stages. I'm not giving up. I'm I'm keeping on. I'm going to get moving. I'm going to listen. I'm going to go into motion. I'm going to know that, God, I just got to trust you're moving. I don't know where we're going, but I'm trusting. So here's what I want to do to close. Just a few questions. Maybe today in your spiritual journey, you are stuck. It happens. Maybe God is saying, hey, would you just trust me? Let's, let's start this trust thing all over again. Let, let, let's begin to move together. Let's, would you listen to me? Maybe he's speaking to you right now. Maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to your life, your situation right now, saying, trust me. I can make it happen. Maybe you're, stru- you're stuck and you've settled in, or you're in a position. You're not in a position to listen, but you need to be in a position to listen. Are you ready to leave your old life behind? The old things, ready to leave. Find a new identity in Christ. Find this new thing that God has for you. Are you willing to move without knowing? Do you know what God ha- that God is going ahead of you? Do you really know that today? Do you realize you might be in the middle of, tr- of a trusting stage right now? And the simple question is, trust me. I can make it happen. Trust me. I can make it happen. Whatever it is that you're facing, trust me, I can make it happen. So somehow I'm praying for the spirit of Abraham to stir up within us in this church, in, a, in our lives. And say, Lord, I want to trust you. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Simply asking this, is God calling you to trust him more? Maybe you've stalled or become stagnant or you've kind of lost your way a little bit. And he's just saying, look, he's just calling you right now. Trust me. And he's speaking to you and he's asking, hey, would you trust me? Because I can make it happen. Trust me. I can make it happen. If that's you, would you just wave your hand at me and say, God's speaking to me. Yeah, yeah, hands all over. Thanks, thanks. Lord, I pray for every hand that was raised that, Lord, it wouldn't just be a mental agreement, but it would be a statement of the heart that says, God, I'm going after you. Wherever you go, I go. Whatever you're doing, I want to do, Lord. I want to trust you like never before. Lord, teach me what that means. Show me what it means, God, to to walk with you. Help me to understand that there's stages and there's challenges and there's difficulty and there's times where it's, it's all worship and then there's times where it's just walking on dirty roads. Lord, help me to see that. 
Help me to understand it, Lord. I give you my life. I trust you in Jesus' name. Amen.